0: back uh, in 2010 launched. Now they've raised about $4 million, helping a lot of companies make sense of their customer feedback data. Now working with 30 customers paying 2,500 bucks a month. So about to break a million dollars in terms of ARR. That's up about four or five X year over year. So healthy growth, still burning cash, obviously with 20 people full-time in Montreal. Churn is none to date. CAC little wishy-washy as they look to build out those growth channels and really define what those growth channels look like in the future. In the meantime, though, again, approaching a million bucks in terms of run rate. Hello everyone, my guest today is Narjez Bufaden. She is a pioneer and thought leader in the natural language processing field who's transitioned from the academic world to run her company. She founded Keytext in 2010 for professional services in AI, then pivoted into a product company in 2015. Narjez is also a contributor at Forbes and a dedicated member, uh, a mentor at Techstar AI. Narjez, are you ready to take us to the top?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right, tell us about Keytext. So when did you launch the company and today, how are you making money? What's the revenue model?
1: Yeah. So basically, we are helping businesses with a product that makes them aware of disengaged customers and employees. And that is based on what they are sharing in their text feedback. So basically, we actually have that product. It's a license. And then people can, well, CX managers, for instance, can upload data, uh, feedback from their customers, and then get a sense of uh, what is happening, what are the reasons of disengagement, and then they can actually start thinking about solutions on how to solve that disengagement and how to reverse that situation with actionable insights, okay, which what, are the reasons why.
0: What yeah. data source, so you're, you know, people are uploading a tons of unstructured kind of customer feedback data to your platform. You're helping them make sense of it. What kind of data sources are they uploading into your platform though? Is this like intercom data or Zendesk data or what?
1: Actually, it could be whatever type of data. It could be Zendesk. It could be intercom. It could be surveys. It could be uh, live chat, for instance, or or text coming from chatbots. So it's really whatever text interaction uh, that is provided by a customer.
0: Okay, interesting. And then what do people... You mentioned this was professional services for the first four or five years, and then you transitioned to product in 2015. Why did you make that transition?
1: (laughs) Well... Uh, For the folks who've done uh, services, they can understand that, you know, you can't necessarily scale and grow very quickly when you're doing professional services. Basically, you are using people, you know, their knowledge to sell something, to sell a service. And unless you start to stack people, you know, one, (laughs) the other, then you can't necessarily grow very fast. And having that product that actually would do part of what people used to do, Using AI was a a very interesting way for me to scale and to grow the business, solving practically the same problem, but using technology.
0: Mm -hmm. And today, as people pay you, what do they give me a sense? What are they paying on average per month for this?
1: Yeah. So it's, it starts always, uh, it's around $2,500 per month. Okay. And then it depends really based on the volume of transactions, the number of feedback the system is analyzing, the number of users and the languages that, uh, in which those text feedback comes.
0: Okay. And when you measure kind of usage, uh, or or like, is, is it API calls? What's the actual metric you're, you're measuring there?
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically, so think of it as a, as an excel uh, sheet then you have lines right a lot of columns and and rows it's the number of rows
0: i see okay so number of rows and then number of Which users is an, at the company
1: direction yeah yeah
0: so, so number of data rows and then obviously number of uh, number of users at the company that need access to your tool uh what was the other pricing axis
1: languages ah. so sometimes like we deal with a couple of languages or so depending on the languages that we need to to enable
0: that's great and then 2010 2010 was launch date you pivoted in 2015 now 2018 obviously is where we're at today or 2019 how many customers have you scaled to
1: yeah so now we are around 30 customers uh some of them well most of them are big businesses uh we've done a lot of work with uh with partners basically survey platforms and now we are going back you know to direct sales talking directly to brands and, and big businesses
0: so can I take 2500 bucks a month times 30 you're doing about 75 grand a month right now?
1: <laughs> do the math. <laughs> okay. Well it depends. When it comes from partners it's a bit it's a bit different because it's a, it's a shared revenue so this is not exactly the same thing but when it comes to direct sales then yes you can do the math right okay. that way.
0: So so what are you at today in terms of monthly revenue? A range is fine.
1: Uh we are really not far away from 100k.
0: Okay, oh very good. Uh, that's great. So so north of a million dollar run rate at this point.
1: Hopefully very soon.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, 83 grand a month is a million dollar run rate and 100 grand a month is is 1.2. So those are very different. So are you north of 83 at this point or no?
1: Yeah, we are almost there. But still, I mean, this is pretty much sensitive data. So typically I I don't give an exact number but we are not far away. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. From a million dollars in terms of run rate. From
1: a million dollars. I yes, see. Exactly.
0: Well, very well. Yeah. That, that you have to come back on the show once you hit that. That's a big milestone. Uh, how are you driving the growth? So the first 30 customers you've landed, where are you getting them from?
1: Uh, so as I said, part of them are really coming from uh, partners and the others really through, you know, different marketing campaigns like we're SEO like traditional marketing uh, strategies.
0: So, so, yeah, again, uh, the traditional is boring for my audience. It, it offers them no value in terms of education. So be specific here. What kinds of partnerships are you launching that are working well?
1: Oh, so as I explained a bit earlier, it's really about uh, survey platform providers. So we integrate our product in their platform. So and na- then name expose. one. Oh, we do have iPerception, for example, is one of our customers. We do have a couple of them uh, of others in in the Canada, in Canada and the U.S.
0: Okay, are talking about like SurveyMonkey?
1: No, we don't necessarily work with big brands. Typically, they will mostly be having their own development in terms of text analytics. So they they tend to have their own in-house, you know, technology.
0: Okay, and then when you said partnerships with these survey providers is one way, and then you also have partnerships where people will, I guess, sell, sell your product through them. Who are these, some of these partners?
1: So another example of partners, we do have uh, LG2, which is... Uh, a marketing agency. So they have a lot of big businesses and they use our platform to, you know, increase the number of services and then, uh, build, I would say other services on top of what the platform can provide.
0: And can you help me understand kind of growth rate, how effective these channels have been for you? So if you're flirting with a million bucks in terms of run rate today, where were you exactly a year ago?
1: Oh, you, you, you in terms of, of growth. Well, I can't, I, I can't necessarily focus a lot on terms of our revenues. As I said, this is information that we don't necessarily share publicly. Okay, but uh, you're,
0: sorry, you've already shared it, right? So you've are, that, like, that's, that's sunk, sunk cost at this point. Help me understand what growth has looked like over the past 12 months.
1: Yeah, so we've been really around 20% month-over-month growth so far this couple of months, last couple of months.
0: Okay. Again, so when you, when, we, if we do it on an annual basis, right? So today is a snapshot on time, like go back a year. How much have you grown over the past 12 months? Would you say?
1: Uh, so we've might have multiplied by a factor of five X, I would say. Oh, great. The
0: revenue. That's yeah. great. Okay. Well, again, yeah. if you're flirting with kind of 80 grand a month today and you five X year over a year, I mean, that's means you're doing about $16,000 a month about a year ago. Yep. Yeah. And most of that again, is just coming from these partnerships with the survey providers and LG to selling through your product. Mm-hmm. That's great. What's your team size look like today?
1: Around 20 people.
0: 20 people. Great. And what's the breakdown? How many engineers versus kind of marketing people, salespeople?
1: Uh, most of them are engineers. A part of them are uh, marketing and sales, but mostly engineers.
0: Like how many of the 20?
1: Uh, probably around 14 in terms of, of engineers and uh, researchers.
0: That's great. And where is everyone based? Montreal. Are you too? Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. Something's in the water in Montreal. I'm meeting with a lot of entrepreneurs and they're building amazing things in the city.
1: Well, you've heard a lot about AI in Montreal. And this is exactly like I'm doing AI. So, AI in Montreal is definitely something that you will hear a lot.
0: Why, why is it? Though? Why is that concentration exists? I mean, I know you came from academia. Is there an is there an academic institution there that's really promoting AI?
1: Yeah, so you like University of Montreal is definitely one of the the very important institutions institutions that uh, helped a lot with you know growing that community of AI experts and and even entrepreneurs I would say coming from that community.
0: Okay, and and walk me through more about maybe funding situation in Montreal area. Have you bootstrapped the company? Or have you raised?
1: I uh, know it's bootstrapped and raised like, as I said, I was doing services. So part of the development was, you know, um, bootstrapped with the, the, the income from the services. And then we've hit, you know, um, the road with some investors to help grow in the company, start developing the product, like help with the development. And then with the sales and marketing.
0: Okay. So ha- have you raised outside capital from investors or no? Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. And, and how much to date?
1: So so far we've raised uh, around a bit more than $4 dollars $4 Canadian dollars.
0: Okay, and this is all equity. I know sometimes the, the government will give out grants that is not dilutive or not dilutive.
1: Uh, uh, most well, no, mostly dilutive. Uh, I didn't count the grant within that that four million.
0: You, you, oh, you did not include the grant. OK, very yeah. good. And then and then with 20 people, four million raised, call it a million bucks in terms of uh, ARR today. Are you break even or are you still burning cash to drive growth?
1: No, we still drive growth for sure. I mean, uh, in a SaaS business, uh, as you might know, it takes, you know, at least 24 to 36 months until you can actually hit the, the break even. It depends, of course, about the, on the technology, the market and i would say in terms of you know technology that is really around ai um, it's a completely different set of parameters uh, you know being break even when you have a, i would say a, a standard business and versus a business that that uh, uses the uh, use well sell a product that is using basically ai is a completely different as the r and d is far more substantial when it comes to ai so before having that product market fit with that performance that allows you to sell, you know, at wide, um, it takes some time.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Walk me through churn. It's critical in any SaaS company. What's your churn today and how do you manage it?
1: Oh, so far, we we actually renewed all our customers, which is really great so far. Um, we do have a lot of new customers. All our agreements are on a, on a yearly basis, so... Uh, for those who came in a couple of years ago, like two years ago, they're still with us. which is So you, have no, you have no
0: churn, revenue churn or logo churn? N-
1: not for now. Not for now.
0: That means you're too cheap. Sorry? That means you're, too <laughs> cheap. you're not charging enough. If no one's leaving or no one's pushing back, that means you're too cheap.
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that. So if your customer is not, well, if we didn't have any user activation, if we didn't have active users, then I might say that. But I don't think this is the reason why. Uh, typically, if, be, if people decide to renew, it's because there is a value, and if they are using your platform, uh, then this is because there is a value. So no, Nirash, I get
0: I get that. What I'm saying is n- uh, nobody. I'm arguing the fact that no churn is a bad thing because you're leaving money on the table.
1: Uh, no, so as uh, yeah, perhaps I don't know, but I think basically. There will be at some point churn for sure. But still, because we are still very young in the process, I think it's too early to decide. You're not that it.
0: young, though. I mean, you launched in 2010. You did services for a couple of years. 2015, you have three years of history being as a product company under your belt.
1: Uh, so the product was started in 2015. It was launched at the, end of 2006, uh, at the beginning of 2016. So two years uh, selling a product, Uh
0: well, that means is, you have all is, of 16, all of 17, all of 2018. I mean, that's 36 months of data. That's a, that's a lot of data.
1: Yeah, but still, as I said, it's not a lot of data. And it is a lot of data.
0: This, I mean, I can tell you it's a lot. Of, I know com- many companies that are three years in running SaaS companies, they know their churn like the, like the back of their hand.
1: Yeah, but as, as, as I said, for now, we, like, I don't know. For now, we didn't have churn yet. It might come. What I, does that I mean?
0: I'm trying don't. to get in your head, though. What does that mean to you, though? Right? It, it could mean a lot of different things. To me, it sometimes uh, means it's your you're thing, your price too cheap. Uh, or you just I, ignore it. I can't.
1: Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I can't necessarily put a correlation, a direct correlation between having churn, don't, and not having churn and a cheap pricing. I'm not sure $2,500 per month is a cheap pricing. We are not talking about $99 or $5 a month. So you can just pay it and and forget it. Uh, I think that maybe, maybe we still have, like most of our customers are really about a year, you know, of, of experience with us, of work with us. For those who came in before, uh they're still with us uh in from my from what I see they are really active on the platform, it 's not a lot of them when it comes to people coming from the the partners, which is the big part of our of our customers then you you need to to rem- understand that they are attached to the main product, which is the product of our partners so l g two it, exactly so yeah. No, not LG2, iPerception, for example. So because they are attached to the main product, which is the iPerception product, then maybe we are actually you know, uh, not necessarily leaving that churn because we are already integrating that platform. So basically the churn will come whenever the customers churn from their product.
0: Yeah, but that will still eventually hit your books. You will know when they churn from that, that company because they'll stop Absolutely. paying you.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Yeah. What um, it's fine. What about? I mean, have you dialed in CAC yet? Do you know what it costs you to land a new twenty five hundred dollar a month customer?
1: Uh, it's really no, not necessarily. As I said, we've for this, this last eighteen months, we were a lot focusing on partnership. And with partners, it's really hard to have that sense of the cost of acquisition as part of the most actually of the sales cycle is coming is done by the partner. Yeah, but I'm sure you so what,
0: what kickback do you pay them.
1: So whenever we we talk with partners, uh, I can talk about, I can't necessarily evaluate for now the lifetime value of that partner. So, and this is why it's really hard to have that cost of acquisition because all our partnerships are, the, the oldest one is is 18 months, which is not a lot. And given that, and since we still renew with, with partners, then it's really hard to put a lifetime value because we don't know necessarily how many of their customers they will be bring they will be bringing to
0: yeah, Bernarda sorry this is this isn't making sense to me you can look at what they've already brought you over the past 18 months and you and let's say they signed up three new $2500 a month accounts you're paying them some kickback on that account when they sign up what's the kickback 30% sh-
1: No as i said it's a shared revenue i said that already Yeah but i'm
0: asking you what percent i know it's shared revenue i'm asking you what percentage 30% Okay well there 50%. you go then there's your CAC it's 50% of 2500 yeah. bucks a month
1: Uh Not necessarily. The cost of acquisition is not necessary. I don't know how you have you computed that. I mean,
0: well, it's very simple. What do you pay to get a new customer? You pay the partner 50% of, of monthly revenue.
1: So the cost of acquisition of the customer base of that partner is really, you need to take into account the cost that you had to pay to acquire that partner. And then the cost That you put on top of that when you are helping the sales team convert their customer base. Okay. So I don't know how you how you came up with that number, but
0: well, you did you did I mishear you? Didn't you? Did you just tell me you pay the partner a fifty percent kickback on any sales they drive?
1: Yeah, but this is not the cost of acquisition. The cost of acquisition.
0: Sure, is that is cut. an affiliate cut is a, is is part of CAC. I mean, you're what you're arguing is there's also additional CAC on top of that because you have to bring the agency on board, train exactly. the agency sales team. So your CAC is is going to be higher than that. I'm I'm saying at a minimum, Precisely. you're you're at yeah. a minimum, it's fifty percent of the monthly spend. Um,
1: of the monthly spend.
0: near I think I maybe misunderheard you. Did you say I asked you what kickback do you pay your partners, and I thought you said fifty percent of revenue. It's,
1: so, no. So when they sign a deal, it's 50% of that deal.
0: Okay. So if it's a monthly deal at 2500 bucks a month, you're paying them back 50% of 2500 bucks a month.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. That's what I've been saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry for that.
0: That's okay. So just to be clear, that's 50% of your annual revenues through, driven through partners. That's minimum CAC. You then have additional CAC on top of that because there's people on your team of 20 that have to manage that partner, train their sales team, give them new materials, things like that.
1: Um, so the business model itself is really about uh, giving them a pricing for the product. And then basically they will take around 50% on top of that. So this is a rough share and the money the value that I I've, I've I've shared is really what comes to the company and then it's another part of that revenue that they are taking.
0: Yeah, okay, let's move on. Um let's uh, let's wrap up here Narja, Narja's with the famous five. Number 1, what's your favorite business book?
1: So, I have uh, read uh, Predictable Revenue, which is really like I'm really a big fan of Oren Ross. All all of his blogs and books is really, I find it very inspiring. Uh, it's a lot of interesting insights and operational information that you can definitely use right away. So I love I love that. Another book that I found very interesting is uh, uh, Hacking Growth, which I'm reading right now, which is very interesting. That brings you, again, to the very basics of understanding whenever you need to hit or punch you no know, punch it to grow and when you need to wait a bit which is very uh, insightful
0: number two is there an under the radar ceo you're following or studying right now
1: uh no not necessarily
0: okay number three what's your favorite online tool for building the company
1: for what for
0: building the company
1: uh, yeah but what was the the beginning of the question
0: what your, was? Your, your favorite online tool for building the company
1: Oh, online tools. So we are working with uh, with uh, Weekdone, which is a uh, an interesting tool. Whenever it comes to uh, you know OKRs, defining the strategy and breaking down to objectives, then you can that you can communicate to the team. I, I like that uh, that uh, platform.
0: Number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: How many hours of sleep? <laughs> it really depends on the periods. Uh, tough periods, it's around four hours. When I'm really cool, six hours.
0: Okay, so we'll say five there on average. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos?
1: Ah, uh, kiddos.
0: How many kids?
1: I'll just stop with
0: that. <laughs> how, how many, how many, are we talking like one kid, 10 kids? How many kids?
1: Two, uh, sorry, two kids. Two? Yeah, two uh, teenagers.
0: Okay, very good. And do you mind me asking about how old you are? Yes, I might. (laughs) Okay. Well, I ask because the last question is, take us back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish she knew?
1: Hmm. That you can do whatever you want. You don't need the blessing of anyone. I think that's the most important thing I've learned uh, afterwards, that you are capable enough you can just do whatever you want.
0: Guys, you can do what you want. You don't need permission. Coming from Keytex founder, Narja, again, back uh, in 2010, launched. Now they've raised about $4 million, helping a lot of companies make sense of their customer feedback data. Now working with 30 customers, paying 2,500 bucks a month. So about to break a million dollars in terms of ARR. That's up about four or five X year over year. So healthy growth, still burning cash, obviously with 20 people full-time in Montreal. Churn is none today date. CAC, little wishy-washy as they look to build out those growth channels and really define what those growth channels look like in the future. In the meantime though, again, approaching a million bucks in terms of run rate, Niraj, thanks for taking us to or Narjas, thanks for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you very much.